Hey everyone, welcome to JoJo's World. Happy New Year to mm, you. Not what that is. We're doing it. It's a new year, Nick, it's a new us. Should old acquaintance be forgot? I don't know, old spirits of Christmas past. Should they show you how life would I be without know, you? I don't know what you're doing. I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Nick Ballantyne, the other one of the co-hosts. This is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast. We're back, baby. It's been a couple of weeks. Nick, how was your holiday? Uh... Great. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, New Zealand is always amazing. Mm-hmm. Make no mistake. We are fortunate enough to be in one of the few spots of Australia that is not directly on fire, and mm. nor being plummeted with deadly plumes of smoke. So we are here to record on a brisk summer's day Mm. a nice podcast for you you know apparently that smoke is as bad as smoking 30 cigarettes a day yeah it's it's real bad it's hitting new zealand speaking of new zealand it is which is was it hitting it while you were there no but i could imagine that right now if it was hitting it it would be a bad fucking time Mm -hmm. Mm. they had other problems to do with like white island where the volcano just erupted and then people were like Oh, we gotta see that. Man, volcano death is one of my least favourite prospects of death. What, as in like falling into a volcano? Or getting hit by magma. Hmm. I mean, that's just like Pokemon, isn't it? You don't want to get hit by the magma. It's super Yeah, magma, that little cuck. (laughs) Oh, dear. Now that it's 2020, our scheduling problems are over, right? I don't know about that, Liam. Wrong. I have to move house in the month because my landlords are selling. So there may be some minor disruption in the coming month, though my hope is to take steps to mitigate it as much as possible by, like, you know, downloading episodes in advance or Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. And then it'll just be a matter of, you know, it might not come out on the day it usually comes out, but sometime during that week I'll get to somewhere with a Wi-Fi connection and upload it. Even if it's my house? Yeah. But the weekend that I'm actually moving, there will probably be a miss. But other than that, we're back, baby. 2020, better than ever. We're running out of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. The Dark Ages are coming, like, thick and fast, Liam. Thick and fast. More on that later. Maybe not necessarily today, but later. Hey, speaking of later, did you know that this episode is brought to you by a humble Patreon by the name of Teddy Vining? Teddy Vining. Teddy Vining. My favourite Persona 4 character. Teddy Vining. My favourite US president. Teddy Vining. My favourite stuffed animal from play school. Teddy Vining. (laughs) My favourite Street Fighter character. Teddy Vining. My favourite Nier Automata alien name. 9S. Also that. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Ted. You're a good guy with a good name. Can I call you Ted? Great, thanks. Sit down, have some scotch. If he was ever going to be like, no. Never call me by that name ever Never again. Never call me Ted. From now on, my name is Ted E. Vine-ing. So there's a guy in... I've been watching The Witcher on Netflix. Yep. And you know you know, I've got a, a predilection for stupid names. I never would have guessed this, yeah. <laughs> there's a guy who, who features prominently in one episode. He's like, hi Geralt, my name's Borch Three Jackdaws. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like... Wait, what? Say that again. I'm sorry, what's his name? Borch Three Jackdaws. Which episode is this? Um, it's like, there's a dragon hunt. I haven't seen it. Oh wait, is he the knight? No. Is he the squire? No. Is he... He's the guy who hires Geralt. But he himself is like, I want the, like, claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'm Borch Three Jackdaws and I want that claim. Oh 
God. See, I've read the books, but I haven't watched the show, but I now know exactly who you're talking about. Yes, I about. figured. Uh, oh. So he sits down and he's like, hi, I'm Borch Three Jackdaws. Jesus and Christ. I'm like, God, that's a name I would come up with if I was GMing a <laughs> D&D game. If you were GMing The Witcher and pen a, and paper RPG. A mysterious stranger sits down in the tavern. And then the player who plays Geralt is like, what's his name? And I'm like, ah, Borch. <laughs> Three jackdaws. It's like you just look around the room. There's a birch nearby. You're like, ah, Borch. And then, uh, then there's my three jackdaws. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I love that guy. I mean, I hate that guy, but I love that guy. Wow, what a name. Borch. Borch. I'm sorry, Did you? were you talking to me? <laughs> no, my son is also named Borch. Three jackdaws. <laughs> Why isn't anyone talking... People, everyone on Twitter is talking about The Witcher, but no one is talking about how crazy that name is. Because it's a perfectly reasonable name, Liam. Don't name shame Borch Three Jackdaws. Okay? If your son's name was Borch Three Jackdaws, and someone was like, wow, what a terrible name, would you go... Yeah, that is that is pretty bad. Let's all talk about how bad it's... Or would you go, how dare you? How dare you? Alright? That is a fine name. Today, we watched the... 35th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Gold Experience. I'm sorry. Golden Wind. Thank you. Good <laughs> lord. Oh my god, I've lost, I've lost a step. It's a new year, it's a new part. That's it. <laughs> it is the 148th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure as a whole. Ooh. It is entitled The Requiem Quietly Plays Part 2. And it covers uh, chapter 575 through 578 of the manga. That's like probably a third of One Piece or something. <laughs> I mean, we were literally just talking about like the anime of One Piece and you were like, oh, there's probably... No, no, you were like, there's probably like 300 episodes or something. And I was like, oh, Nick, there's at least twice as many as that. That's insane. That's literal insanity. Yeah. Still going, baby. How? How can that even happen? I'm doing, I'm doing a big shrug. With my arms I've been seeing a lot on Twitter about how it's like really, really great lately. But it's just too long. I just can't. I mean, I read all of Berserk and by God, when they got off the boat, I was very keen. I did hear a lot about how Berserk is on a boat a lot. I mean, when you wait seven years and the art style changes dramatically over the course of like eight chapters, you kind of go, oh, I see why people are angry. <laughs> like, like, it literally went... Guts and crew get on a boat. And I went, oh, there's a boat. Is this the boat they were talking about? And then they go to a place and the art style is now significantly different to what it was before. And you go... Why do you guys oh. look so different? Yeah, literally, Guts goes from, like, initial D looking guy, but, like, more serious and gruff, to modern manga stylings. And you're like, ooh, ooh, that's very crisp and modern. Oh, no. So One Piece must just be like a slow version of that. The great, and by great, I mean terrible thing about One Piece mm -hmm. is the way that the character Nami, who is the first female character protagonist mm -hmm. in Drew, I remember her, yeah. She starts off like looking like this cool pirate lady. Yeah. Then over the course of the, um, of the show, she just gets like skimpier clothing and like more hourglass figure as the, as it goes on and then then at a certain point every other woman just starts looking exactly like her too yeah but i've seen images that you sent of nami and might i say I, wait what yeah you were just like there comes a point where it just seems 
impossible for that form to exist. Where do organs go? Exactly. And I was like, that can't be right. Had a look at the image and went, okay, yeah, all right. It's a bit much. It's It's a bit much Akira odor. Yeah. Yeah, it's strong. It's strong plays of, yeah, but what if it's just like for fumph, you know? What if it's not even a body? What if it's just a triangle and then another triangle, but like conjoined triangles? What if, Liam? What if? Like a triforce? Ooh, like a two triangle. Of course, famously in uh, Legend of Zelda 1 and uh, the Legend of Zelda cartoon that Mm. it expired. Mm. Inspired. Expired. (laughs) That it should have expired. (laughs) Uh, There were only two triforces Mm. and they weren't even particularly triangle shaped. They had four sides because they were a 3D object. Are you you saying they were the square force? (laughs) No, they were triangular pyramids or whatever. Uh, The penta force. Penta? I don't even... That's five. What's, what's the tri version but four? What, quadra? The quadra force? The quadra force. Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. We open... Everyone's like, oh no, we body swapped. And Bruno Bucciarati in Diavolo's body is running forward and uses his big zip powers to cut off Silver Chariot Requiem's arm. The opening happens. Jojo. We all take a moment to be like, man, Diavolo's still just doing his monologue. <laughs> Okay, so I asked, does it have any relevance? Not really. He's just like talking about his his goals and his aims and he's like, oh, only I can li- exist at the pinnacle of creation and everyone else is subject to my time whims. And he's like, maybe if I- this sounds good when I say it out loud, I'll say it in the regular time so other people can hear it. Does he? I don't know, probably not. It's just like, why is he saying these things? Because he's full of himself. I know, but like even then, they don't say dumb shit like that, do they? Oh, yeah, they do. Oh, okay, it's all right. JoJo's baby. <laughs> yeah, so Butcherati's going after the arrow, um, but he stops and he's like, "Oh no, sorry, I, I misread these notes." Um, so Narantia is like, "Butcherati's going after the arrow," and Bruno stops and is like, "I can tell by the way you speak that you're Narantia and Jorno's body." And the other guy's like, "Hey, I'm Jorno. I'm Trish. I'm a turtle." <gasps> Why, by that voice? Are you the man that we were meant to meet earlier? Yep, I'm Jean-Pierre Polnareff. A pleasure, Mr. Turtle. I'm dead, but I swapped souls with a turtle. Uh... Great! Anyway, check out my stand. It's going freaking nuts over there. Silver Chariot Requiem, body swap powers. How interesting. Well, let's go ahead and pick up this arrow. So he, uh, he bends over. Oh, they, they do take a moment to be like, then who's in my body? Is it the boss? And there's a moment where, where until we realise um, Trish or Mr. is pointing her gun at Chariot, I thought that she was pointing her gun out to be like threatening towards Bruno's unconscious body, mm. but pointing it in the exact 180 degrees away direction. <laughs> like, I'll get him, Bruno. Don't even have to look. <laughs> Look, I've got a stand that lets me redirect bullets. Everything's fine. I don't even need to aim if they're not moving. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, they're all like, okay, well, let's go ahead and pick up this here arrow. I'll just lean down and grab it. Zipper man. Sticky fingers. Sticko finger. So this is gross. Like, um, Bruno reaches down to grab it and then, like, the flesh on his arm tears open and big angry sticky fingers arm comes out of it and grabs at him. I mean, he just sits... He just sort of stands there going... What? what? That's, that's my stand. Why is it coming out of me? What? This is my normal. What? So there's three good sound effects here. One of which is audible and two of which are visual. Okay, go on. There's like that classic zipper noise, like zip. 
Okay, so that's the sound effect. Yep. And then what are on the, the other screen, two sound effects? We see the katakana that represent rumble and gua <laughs> as he realizes that sticky fingers is leaping down at him from above. And he's like, what the fuck? Why? No, but that's my stent. Why is it happening? Mister uses um his gun. Yep, to shoot Silver Chariot Requiem a few times, which seems to stop the assault of Sticky Fingers. Okay. And then he goes to... Doesn't he also shoot away the arrow? He goes to do that now. Okay. And then it gets weird because... It gets really doesn't, weird. Doesn't ever get weird. He shoots the bullet and then emerging from the pillar behind him like someone like pressing their face up against a malleable surface. Ah, the passion's wall. Speak on that. You know, there was a war in Passions. The that, soap like, opera. Yeah. With supernatural elements. Yeah. I think it was like, it was either a soul containment thing or a passageway to hell or something. A lot of bullshit like that in that show. <laughs> but because they obviously didn't have a high budget, it was just a bunch of people pressing their hands against like, you know, the stuff that morph suits are made out yeah, of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that sort of soft felt kind of, not latex, but like, yeah, malleable felt. <laughs> sure. It was just that. That kind of lycra-looking hand pushed up against mm. it kind of vibe. Of course, the difference here is that the bullet and a, like, feral number one sex pistol just emerge from the wall. punch right through. Now, my question is, how did the bullet come with? The bullet's not part of the stand. Well, it's all about JoJo's bizarre oh. adventure, see? There comes a point in every man's life where he says, but how did that bullet come through the wall? Oh, just roll with it, it's fine. And that's when you stop playing a child's game. And that's when we stop thinking and start living. (laughs) (laughs) Is that... This is my TED talk. Is this... Hi. We think so much in our daily lives, but what if we didn't? Um, What if we just did stupid bullshit and had a great time? I don't like this (laughs) anti-intellectualism thing that you're going for. What if we destroyed capitalism and we didn't have to labour constantly. What if education was dumb? What if education was about spiritually fulfilling pursuits? I don't and like not this at all. Maximizing profit. Oh no. Anyway, uh, eat the rich. <laughs> but literally, kill them and become a carnivore. Number one's going nuts. Uh Trish reaches out and is like, oh, I'm just going to make you super soft for a sec, otherwise Mr's going to shoot himself in the head again. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. we know he's fine with. throughout the entirety of this episode i was like oh man he's getting shot so much did not even occur to me yeah that's like his thing that's his tactic that's his kink (laughs) oh man uh, so dumb. So the bullet harmlessly bounces off his head. Yep. Uh, and then number one is like, I'll fucking kill you, mister. And he's like kicking you in the head with its soft feet. And it's like, let the ants eat you. Let the flies swarm you. Ah. <laughs> it's like some biblical shit. Oh, man. Number one is just... what? what it's like Trish comes out, spice girls the bullet, mm-hmm. makes it malleable and soft. It sort of disperses on... Mr.'s head, mm-hmm. but then one just keeps kicking, just keeps coming out and being all like, fuck you, how dare you, you're still alive, I will disseminate your lifeblood into. I'll scatter your bones to the heartless sea, <laughs> I'll pulverize your flesh until you're nothing more than a pulpy mass being eaten by a weird stand that lives in the ocean. I'll throw the mass to the dogs and then I'll kill the dogs. <laughs> 
the dogs will become bones and I'll feed the bones to your to parents. other dogs. <laughs> dogs love bones. That's what I'm getting at. Kick, I'll kick, breed kick, the kick. dogs <laughs> until they're perfect. They'll be borderline perfect pugs that can't breathe. I acknowledge the flaws of, of pedigree breeding, but I'm still going to do it. <laughs> Look, seven generations. Of dog later. Only then will I let them die. And that'll be your blood. You did this, mister, when you tried to pick up the arrow. <laughs> the other sex pistols are like, dude. And he's like, what? I'm fine now. Oh, oh, sorry. I got a bit out of hand there. I'm so sorry. I'm always watching you. <laughs> it is interesting to see how a speaking stand reacts to this phenomenon though. This is where we start to see that the true power of Silver Chariot Requiem is that he kind of just has too much going on. Like, he makes everyone go to sleep. He body swaps everyone. He yep. makes your stand go crazy and attack you. But here's the thing. And there's more yet to come. But the thing is, all of them, they only react when they're going for the arrow? Yeah, yeah. But is that an extension of Silver Chariot yeah, Requiem? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That, Polnareff talks about this in a sec where he's like, Silver Chariot Requiem's evolved power is carrying on his his will to protect the arrows. That's what its power is manifesting as. Right, okay. Because I just thought the arrow got a bit out of hand for a little <laughs> while there. And I went, oh, so it's the arrow? Maybe? I don't nah, know. it's Chariot. Uh, gotcha. It's always Chariot. Yeah, he's got too many powers. <laughs> a bit like another character that we know <laughs> that used the arrow to power up. Huh. Huh. How interesting that this is a recurrent theme. <laughs> oh, are you talking about Jorno? Also, Jorno. <laughs> I was talking about um Killer Queen. Yes. Yeah, me too. Could you imagine if I did a cover of Killer Queen, but it was just he has one too many powers and just went from there. No, I can't. Prove me wrong, Nick. Prove me wrong. I'm not that good at music, Link. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, uh, there's a great <laughs> shot where, of course, there is the man who was body swapped with his dog and the dog in the human body is just, like, sniffing around and and I love the shot of, of the human who's like, Hey, Benedict, stop that. I'm a dog. But he's in the dog's body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so good. I just love the way they've animated him, him barking orders at his dog. Oh, oh, Benedict. Oh, stop. Stop that, Benedict. I just love his name is Benedict. Yeah, good name for a dog. Oh, man. The, whoever made that must have just gone, now, we need to keep their Higa immersion Ariki. going. No, because here Ariki would have just gone, eh, it's just a dog. He'll die at some point. But the guys in the show, the showrunners of David, would have been like, okay, we need to keep the immersion because this dog needs a name. All right? People in the modern age aren't going to believe this is not a dog without a name. I'm sure the dog right? is named in the manga. In the manga? Are you fact-checking? Are you actually fact-checking this right now? Yeah. Scenes showing some civilians after switching the bodies have been added. Ah. Well, well, well. So the master has become the apprentice. I've watched all the JoJo's now. Almost. <laughs> I mean, we're getting there. All that there is to watch. Some stupid bullshit happens. The, uh, the, the mother lady... is like, I'm yeah. in a baby's body. If I hold my neck wrong, I'll die. There, there, child. <laughs> Just like leaning up against a tree being like, there, there, it's okay. You're still my baby. Even though you're an, an adult body. This truly is a disturbing universe. <laughs> Meanwhile, number seven is freaking out because Bruno's body, which by the logic we've been working with so far, must have Diavolo in it. 
is starting to move. Oh no! Mister, shoot him! Alright, pow 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 pow! That's four bullets to the chest. Mister does hesitate for a sec. He's like, but it's your body. Uh, and then Giorno's like, no, it's fine because bullet wounds are easy for me to heal and Bruno Bucciarati will definitely survive meaningful eye contact with Bruno. <laughs> Bruno just goes, yeah, shoot him, mister. So when he gets shot, he's in this like, I've written thriller pose as shorthand for it. That's not quite what it is. Uh, he's like in this hunched over thing where like his hands are like crooked in front of him. It, it looks like he's, I don't want to say like a pedophile. But what? It, but it looks like some kind of like, come closer. Sneaky, viewer. sneaky. Yeah. Something like that where there's this obvious, I'm going to get you. But with a bit more of that Jojo flair. Yeah, so he's got one hand covering one eye. Mm. He looks like he looks like that guy from Tekken, um, Droganov or whatever Can't his name is. Can't Tekken. He's like a Russian. Uh, is it Krav Maga? Yeah, that's a thing. Um, where they have like fingers down, ready to pounce like a tiger. He's like that guy who looks like a pedophile. Like if you look up a Google search of the Russian guy from Tekken, you'll be like, well. I, yeah, that's yeah that that looks like a pedophile guy. He looks a bit like Mads Mikkelsen. Yep, that's the one. He looks like a pedophile. Have you seen Young Mads Mikkelsen? That exists. I mean, it did once. No, but like as a concept. What a snack! What a snack! Yeah. Oh mm. Jesus! Tasty Mads. That is a Paul Atreides if I ever saw one. The Dune guy. Yeah, the Dune guy. That's a guy who'd lead us to salvation and look good doing it. You know what I'm saying? That's a guy in with, broad strokes. Yes. That's a guy with a jaw that can lead. That's a guy with a face that doesn't quit. <laughs> Man, goddamn! If so, only, if only Mads Mikkelsen was a JoJo's character. Are you thinking that'd be I'm, pretty cool? Are you thinking what I'm thinking? He'd be a pretty good Kira. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Would he? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, he's got that sort of um, soft but threatening energy. That's true. That's true. He speaks softly and carries a terrible. Well, terrible... maybe you'd want him as Kasaku Kawajiri Kira rather than no, you want blonde Kira. No, you'd want him as first Kira because when he becomes second Kira, you need someone that's such a brute. You know, works a dead end job, goes in, goes out. But he's also really good at doing that alien energy. That's true. Those dead eyes. Hmm. <laughs> Mm. So what we're saying is radio play starring Mads Mikkelsen. Radio play, live action. Live action starring Mads Mikkelsen yeah. and As Kira. Um, <laughs> so we've we've locked this that is, down. The most important part of the stunt yep. cast. Yep. Um, uh, Who's going to be Josuke? That's a tough one. Mm. I mean, it has to be someone youthful, exuberant, and dumb. Zac Efron, Chris Evans. <laughs> Chris, too Evans. old. They're all too Far old. Far too old. Oh, you know... You know who would make a good Jotaro? Who? Um, oh, God, what's his fucking name? Uh, Clint Eastwood. No, no, the guy who plays... He just finished playing Poe Dameron in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Um, no, that wouldn't Oscar be... Oscar Isaac, is that That him? wouldn't be a good Jotaro. I reckon he'd, he could pull it off. No. No, there's no... No, he doesn't have the look. He doesn't no, have I, the look. No, I definitely think he no. does. No, you need a guy who's got, like... We'll have to agree to disagree on this one, I think. Mm, no, I need a guy who's got, like, a stronger jaw. Like, not as friendly a face... You know, you need someone that real, like, mm, look to him. Like, uh, 
Ooh. I mean, obviously, we're dancing around the fact that these are all Japanese characters. Yes. But... Yes. but if they were all Western, <laughs> yeah. if we just whitewashed if we, if we were doing the a, whole show. If we were doing a 2005 Dragon Ball movie style ah, part four movie. So we get M. Night to <laughs> direct yep. it. Yep. Uh, Dane Cook is Josuke. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we'll get Chris Broderick to come in at some point. Who's Chris Broderick? Chris Bro- Matthew Bro- Broderick? Yeah, Matthew Broderick to come in at some point. He would make a good... Um... Who's the guy who takes loans with the lock? Oh, yeah. Um, Tamami. I'd believe that. Or also, I think he'd probably do a good... Because um, he's getting up there in years now. Yeah. Although, Koichi. No, I was going to say a good Kira's dad. Yes. Yes. Oh, that'd be... Although, like, I don't know how much older he is than Mards, but he's no. a ghost, so who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, JoJo's Bizarre JoJo's Adventure. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, they're walking through the street. No, they're not yet. What? They're, they're just standing around, and Naranchi is like, Man, I'm sure I'm glad I'm never gonna die. When I live... So he starts doing this monologue, and as soon as he starts talking, Nick turns to me, and he's like, Oh, he's gonna die, isn't he? It's like the ultimate death. They'd be like, Man, when we get out of here... I'm going to go get a piping hot pizza. We can go back to Naples. I'm going to go back to school again. I'm going to go and eat an authentic margarita pizza. They make them better in Italy. If we ever see Fugo again, I'd like to hear him tell me that I'm really dumb. Too bad Abakio's dead. Good thing I'll never die. And then immediately after that... Trish... I sure am glad that you embodied the themes of the first half of this story and we'll all protect you, even once the mission's over. Hey, give me some bullets. Well, yeah. Hey, mister, shoot his legs too. His soul's still dancing. (laughs) Do you know that? Do you know, um... Um, you know... I recognise um, that phrase. Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, New Orleans, uh, directed by Werner Herzog, as seen in The Mandalorian. What? Okay. Okay, so Bad Lieutenant is a movie starring, I think, Harvey Keitel, and they wanted to make a sequel to it. Okay. But they only had rights to the title Bad Lieutenant <laughs> and not any of the concepts or content. Okay. So they got Werner Herzog on board to direct, and he got his good work acquaintance, Nicolas Cage, to play Ah, the new bad lieutenant. It's one of these references. So Nicolas Cage is a police officer Uh who, um, during the events of Hurricane Katrina, hurts his spine. Okay, yep. Uh, So he he gets addicted to, like, painkillers. Yep. Gets, like, a big, strong drug addiction. Mm -hmm. Starts doing corrupt police shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, He's the titular bad lieutenant. Ah, I there, get are some, it. there are a lot of good shots in this movie where people are having conversations, and then you just cut to the perspective of nearby reptiles. Uh, for instance, a um, some crocodiles by the side of the road, or alligators, or whatever. I'm giving you some very skeptical looks right now. And also, an imaginary iguana. Is this the movie that Nicolas Cage bought an octopus for? I in, don't know. In order to really understand what it was like to act as a cephalopod. I don't know. It could be any movie starring Nicolas Cage, to be honest. So there's a bit where he shoots this drug... He has his goons... Because he becomes like a corrupt cop. He has his goons shoot this drug dealer. uh, And he's dead. I love that Uh, we just stop talking about JoJo's at some point. And then Nicolas Cage says, Shoot him again. His soul's still dancing. (laughs) And we cut to... We cut to Nicolas Cage's perspective. And next to this guy's dead body, we see that same guy Mm. doing like... um, spinning on the floor style break dancing and we hear like all this music like we filled with like all these acoustic yelps going like ooh, ooh, ooh. what the fucking what and they shoot him again and then the body drops to the the soul body drops to the floor 
Okay, sure. That's what Bruno's doing right now. <laughs> Tell him Mr. Ladoo right now. Shoot him again. And we see, yeah, we see Doppio's body dancing a friendly soul, dancing a friendly jig. A little tango for the ladies. Uh, no, we don't. Uh, oh, Trish, hand me more bullets, please. They're in your, they're in my boot. Uh, okay. It would have been, keep your bullets. It would have been great if... Um, they're in my hat. Yeah, no, it would have been great if... Trish is like, I have to touch your feet? No! <laughs> so she reaches into the boot, pulls out a whole bunch of That is of bullets. an interesting point though, Nick, that like all the bits of Mr's clothing that we can't see are either concealing his gun or more bullets. Yeah. Gun in the pants, bullets in the hat, bullets in the shoes. It's just like, where doesn't he have some form of metal? Mr, I've got my emergency bullets. Oh, sorry. Uh... Trish, I've got my emergency bullets sewn into the hem of my sweater. Oh, I see. Let me just... Oh, they're everywhere. So she reaches down. She slowly goes to hand the bullets over to... And then there's a bit of a... Nick, when did you realise what was going to happen? Uh, as soon as her hand skipped the frame... As soon as we got the close-up on the hand? I thought it was like internet lag. And uh, then as soon as the eyes went wide, I was like, that wasn't lag at all. Give me the bullets. But I already gave you the bullets. Look, they're on the floor. And Mr. looks down at his hand and it's full of bullets. What if he opened it up and it was just like full of human teeth or something? <laughs> Why, Trish, are these my teeth? <laughs> Trish, I keep my emergency bullets in my teeth. <laughs> it's just like, it's like, um. okay, one thing we need to do in the Dark Ages, we need to watch Barky. Okay. The grappler? Yes. Someone did tell us that on Patreon recently. Yeah, because, and purely because, there's a guy who... Oh, you've told me about this, the guy who swallows things? Yeah, the guy who's like, I love technology. The only way to win is by using technology. I swallowed a grenade. a grenade. There's an episode where he just keeps regurgitating weapons. That's gross. And it's like, why? Why not just carry them in a bag? <laughs> like, like, why not just walk around with a backpack or something instead of being like, no, this is the true warrior's way. And everyone's there going, what's he doing? What is he waiting for? And he's just like taking a minute and a half to just vomit up like a bottle. It's like, this bottle is the true weapon. And he like, vomits up his lunch. It's just like a, a pristine sandwich. Like, hmm. I think there is a point where it's like, he vomits up something where it's like not even a weapon. And you're like, what? what? At what point do you just decide, you know what? I'm just going to have pockets on my trousers. <laughs> but we need to watch that. Because this is like, mister, give me some bullets. All right. What are you doing? They're in my nose. What? <laughs> it's just, oh God. Anyway. Um, so none of that happens. <laughs> none of that. But they're like, oh no guys, King Crimson's out and about. But how? No, we were watching the body and we would have seen him bring him out if he wanted to use his powers. How? Is that Diavolo over there? Trish, do you sense him? No. But, ugh. ugh it's bad. <laughs> I mean, that's all that can be said, really. If we just skipped ahead, then, then that body doesn't have King Crimson. What? And they're like, Narantia, what's going on? Narantia. 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 And we see, like, on a little, um, on a little sill, we see, um... Some blue. A lady, a ladybug brooch just covered in blood. <gasps> and, uh, Bruno, in the boss's body, just kind of looks up and goes, No. 
It can't be. Meanwhile, Mister's got his priorities straight because he's like, Trish, Trish, please drop another bullet because you dropped four bullets. And as we all know, in Japanese, which we're all speaking right now here in Italy, uh-huh. that's the phonetic, that's a homonym for, for death. You have to drop one more bullet. Remember how I had that quirk for like the first few story sequences and then it didn't really come up for some time? I do remember that quirk for the it's first back. time. It's <gasps> back! No! <laughs> you need to drop one more bullet, Trish. And then everyone else is slowly looking up like, oh my god. Jorno uh, in Naranchi's butt is like, excuse me, excuse me, coming through. <laughs> there's like four of them. There's, he had a there's clear like, view. So there's like three other people here and they're in a wide open closet. He doesn't need to push through I them. He can just go around. Thought, as soon as he did that, I was like, why? Why is he doing that? And we see that... Narantia in Giorno's body is up in this big iron railing, just like impaled on all these rails. rails. This he's spiked on hard. Like one of them's going through his head and like the, through his arms and yeah, it's just not it, a good time. It's quite for a, it's a bit of biblical imagery almost. It's grisly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Giorno immediately goes, "No, not Narantia. He was the best of us." We all loved Narantia. Quick, cut him down, Bruno. It's an interesting shot here because because it's up in the air. They're all like climbing up on top of each other to get close enough to get him down with their stands. And Bruno's all like, no, stop. This is what the boss wanted. We all need to stay calm. Let's cut him down. How did he do it? He's from the body over there. He's only got a two to three metre range. He must be in someone else. Oh problems. Jono's like, look, I don't want to make this about me, but that is my body. I'm, I'm just going to heal like, him up. Am I going to be Narantia forever now? So, he heals I'm not. I'm not trying to be selfish. I know this is a hard time. Like, Narantia could have just died, but also, did I just die? So he goes to heal him up, mm-hmm. and he's all like, Ooh. the eyes open. And, and uh, like, you did it, Jono, you did it. Yeah, Mister's all like, oh, Narantia's all good now, he's fine. And Jono's like, no, mister. Almost the exact opposite of what you just said. Almost the exact opposite of what I did to Bruno Bucciarati after he got killed has happened. And uh, mister goes, what do, you, what do you mean? I really like the stuff that's happening here. Mm. So, like, in terms of visual effects. Because okay. there's, there's, there's a few things going on that I really like. Um, number one. Number one. We... When Jorno is using lay on hands on, um, on, the on his yeah. own body, yeah. um, as he's talking, like he's talking with the body he's currently inhabiting, Narantia's, but also the mouth on Jorno's body is moving. Mm. Uh, he's also crying through Jorno's eyes. <gasps> and then simultaneous to all of this is we see his own soul superimposed on Arantia's body. There's, mm. there's just a lot of cool visual stuff going on that I really like. Mm. Sad orchestral music is playing. No, uh, I was about to say Narantia. Jono's all like, it's just... An empty shell. An empty shell. One that... I could put my ghost in. It's so empty I could just put my soul in. Which I may as well do. This is a thing I can do now. So... You know how when you're... When you see a... When you're in someone else's body... Nah, it's not going to work. No, I don't even know what you're going for I was there. going for uh, when you're happy and you know it, but, but when you're not in your body, clap your hands, but, but it's like... No one's you... clapping their hands, Nick. No. quite. In fact, they're crying the tears. Just being like, oh, it's so empty that I could just move my... I could just flex my soul and just shoop on into it. So, Narantia's body is all like, whoomph, and then collapses... 
as Jono's soon as Jono leaves it, just like all this death steam just starts coming out of it. And Jono's all like, oh no. Mr. So everyone's sad. Once again, everyone is sad. Mm. Especially Mr. It's... Yeah. Especially Jono. Mr. Especially Mr. Especially Mr. <laughs> no, it says the Narantia, the. Oh, no one that speaks Japanese could be evil. In Italy. <laughs> um, so everyone's crying. Um, and first we think that Trish, because it's the girl, she's going to be the biggest crier in Mr.'s body. Mm. But then Mr. in Trish's body is the biggest crier as he just like tears screaming down his face, screams to the sky. Black eyes, shadows everywhere. Mm. And then we get an artistic shot of... Uh, we cut to where Abakio died. Mm-hmm. Costa Smeralda. We also cut to outside Fugo. the cafe, yeah. Lubeccio. Fugo's there, like, in the overcast sky, being like, I'm sad because I gave up. Mm. Anyway, that's Guess I'll move on. That's what's going on with Fugo at the moment. Um, no one is at the restaurant to be nice to me right now. <laughs> Remember me, guys? I'm Fugo. Purple nah, Haze. Nah, get out of here. I've him. got anger problems. Um, And there's a silhouette that we think is a plane flying over the clouds, but it's a bird and it flies up into the sky and it's all very symbolic. And then... We know what the birds mean. It's the halfway point of the episode. Nice graphic about Silver Chariot. Yeah. Remember him? I do remember him. He was Jean-Pierre Polnareff's stand in part three. Speaking of, Jean-Pierre Polnareff is like, where is Diavolo? This is inconceivable. (laughs) I don't... I think you know what that word means. <laughs> and then he's like, remember last week how I was saying that Diavolo or the boss was two people? Well, I figured it out. It's two people, but in one body. <gasps> Do you guys know about multiple personality disorder? Elaborate. Well, what if it was so bad, just like in England and Germany, that the two personalities took on different physical characteristics and one of them was dominant? And there's like these like homunculus graphics of like two diff like like a soul, and then the soul starts to diverge and looks miserable, and then one of them gets bigger. <laughs> it does. I mean, does it get bigger or more dominant? I thought it just went. There are two things, and they're becoming more and more separate, and they're like growing heads, and then soon they both have arms. And Jojo so- Wiki informs me that Polnareff mentioning Billy Milligan when talking about Diavolo and Doppio being split in personalities is skipped. And of course, Billy Milligan was an American citizen who was the subject of a highly publicised court case in the 70s, having committed armed robbery, three rapes on the Ohio State campus, uh, and other offences. Hmm. In the course of preparing his defence, psychologists diagnosed Milligan with multiple personality disorder. Huh. Huh. Great. Didn't get out of it, though. Where you go? He was acquitted of a major crime and instead spent a decade in mental hospitals. Oh. Oh, okay. So, he, yeah. That could arguably be worse. Um, yeah, so Joe... Uh, Polnareff doesn't mention him. <laughs> um, he's just like, you know, in England and Germany, multiple personality disorders are a thing. Although now, such now, now it's you're called, gonna drop some DSM five shit on I me. I am. It's I believe now it's called dissociative identity disorder. Mm, that Although tracks. that was DSM four. Oh, okay. So I don't know what it's called now. It's been a while since we did our mm. undergrad psychology. Well, I did actual grads. Well, I didn't do actual grad. I did like the full undergrad psych. Yeah, me did too. You, did you? Oh, there you go. Fun times. Yeah. <laughs> Good times with atypical psychology. <laughs> 
Anyway, so they're like, oh yeah, we just shot the kid a few times in Bruno's body. Diavolo could be anywhere and anyone. Well. Oh, they're like, oh yeah, everyone's waking up. We gotta get moving, gotta get that arrow. Let's run the fuck out of here. There's a bit where, um, I... I so they're all running out. There's a bitch brief shot where um, as they run out, we see the King Crimson face flash in the shadows. <sighs> and then Trish stops for a second. Is like, did I just send something? Hey, Trish, what are you stopping for? Whose footsteps are these? Probably nothing. <laughs> and then they just keep on running. And they keep on running. And uh, Yasuhiro Kimura, director of the uh, Gold Experience, oh, Golden Wind anime, mm. has said that they are heading south along Via di San Gregorio. What the hell is... Where is that? I would imagine it's in Rome, south of the Colosseum. Ah, from context clues. I never would have guessed. <laughs> so they're running along there. Uh, and everyone's still having a bad time. And we get, I think, one of your favourite scenes ever. Of <laughs> so the, They're running past all these scenes that we've seen yeah, of yeah. dog and man, child and lady. And e- evil, evil criminal. Like, in cop. Cartoonishly evil criminal in cop body is there swinging his handcuffs. And he's like, oh, 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 a hot babe. Time to go do sex crimes. Hey, girl, you got those legs. I'm under arresting you. Uh, Come here so I can have you And then immediately Without even stopping Mr. and Trisha's body Just whips around Shoots him in the face (laughs) Uses the bullet hole To slip the handcuff through And then handcuffs him to a post And Trish and Mr.'s body is like Hey Mr. what are you doing? And he's like Oh I thought this could have been the boss Because he was running up to me But it was just some cop So whatever Uh, It's just some guy It's like what? Mr's Hardcore. I mean, they are in the mob, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still just like, holy shit. Just running at him. Blam, blam. Oh, yeah, all right. We'll just cuff him with his cheek. Rough. Rough times. Good, though. Mm-hmm. Vindic- not vindication. Some kind of karmic retribution. If and when that body swap is undone, that police officer's going to be in a bad time for a bad time. Mm, yeah. He'll just be like, oh, no. How did this happen? Why isn't the bird helping me? (laughs) And the bird's like, yeah, fucker. (laughs) That's right, I can talk. This whole time. Um, So, they keep running and they eventually reach Silver Chariot Requiem. They're just like aimlessly ambling around and they're like, oh look, he doesn't seem to have a destination in mind. And he looks like like he's he's fully physicalized. He's self-actualized. Even normal people can see him. Mm. He looks like he's made of some sort of black plastic material. He just like casually trips him in Silver Chariot eats shit. And Bruno trips him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> it's basically like, huh, what a loser. Well, I guess we can just take the arrow. Giorno kind of goes up to it slowly. This is a cool weird bit. It's a weird one. We see like the thing he, he like tentatively goes to reach. And not only do we see um, a few fingers pop out of his the back palm. of his hand, yeah, uh, but we also see like in a crack in the sidewalk, Gull experiences head down there, being like, "I'm watching you, buddy. Don't you dare!" So he stops. They recede, and he picks up a little stone and tries to throw it at the arrow, which flies back at him, and Trish catches it before it hits him. And uh, Mister does, I suppose. Jono's like, "Man, I don't think it's uh, gonna happen, guys." It's got some sort of isolation power that repels anyone that goes to do it. So then... But what... And Jean-Pierre Polnareff is like, But what if a normal person were to pick it up? Their stand wouldn't be able to attack them. Mm, no, a rock couldn't do it, but a man could. What kind of man could do it? Why, a turtle man. <laughs> I no longer have a stand because that's my stand over there. So, I'll do it. 
But Polnareff, you're just a turtle. I'm already doing it. Picks it up in his turtle mouth and he's like, I did it. Quick, mister, impale your stand on my turtle mouth. And then Silver Chariot Requiem starts running. Turns on a dime, starts doing like a full sprint. Everyone's like, oh, now it's fast. (laughs) Now it has a motion. Starts running towards it. Hurry, mister, hurry. Too big, continued. I thought there'd be more. I thought there'd be more. But there wasn't. There was, Damn. That's all there is. There isn't anymore. Oh, what's that from? Madeline. Ah. So, Nick. Yes. That's our episode. Just not a whole lot really happened this episode. Narantia died. Yeah, but Narantia was going to die as soon as he started talking we about We all knew Narantia wasn't getting out of his alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it basically boiled down to, oh no, I want to do things afterwards. Doppio's basically dead. Yes. Unless the body swap is undone soon. I mean, yeah. Lest we forget, Bruno was on death's door before that happened anyway. Now he's been shot like five times. Yeah. But the thing is, he doesn't have any wounds to speak of because he doesn't have any blood coming out of him whenever he takes a wound. He's got bullets in him now. That's not good for you. I mean, yeah, I guess. That is true. (laughs) Yeah, he's got more holes in him than before. Mm -hmm. That counts for something. That's collateral damage. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I guess it's an okay episode, I guess, I suppose. The year starts with an alright. Nick, what was your highlight from this episode? My highlight, Liam, without a fucking doubt, has to be... No doubt. Uh, okay, maybe some doubt. Let me think about this. I think it's going to have to be the weirdness of uh, the arrow the first time Bruno tries to reach for it. Oh, yeah. And it just comes out of his skin and it's just ripped and torn and he's like, what's oh, going that's on? that's not good. Because you, when, when you kept on your toes and being like, what's this? That's peak JoJo's. <laughs> like, the first few things with Dio where you're like, I thought it was time travel, but it's clearly not. But it was the whole time. Time stopping. I mean, time stopping. It was like, oh yeah, time stop. But it can't be that because he put Polnareff down the stairs if it was that. <laughs> but he that's, did. That's peak. <laughs> Peak fucking JoJo, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is like, but why? Why can't they touch why the arrow? Why am I arrow? doing this? But it, a rock can't even do it, right? Well, that rock. Little do we realize that rock had a stand imbued with stand energy. Yeah. But a turtle, on the other hand, but it's like you know, the first time it happens, you just go, "What the fuck? What is a turtle? But the rock of living creatures." Ah, true that. Slow, basically immobile. Slowly eroded by water and doesn't breathe for long periods of time. Turtles, baby. <laughs> Turtles count it off. Also, I just like the visual thing of like a hand coming out of someone's arm. Yeah, yeah. Your highlight? Um, I think you can probably guess because I harped on it about it a bit, but I love all of the um the visual stuff they were doing uh, around Giorno slooping mm. his soul back into his own body. Hmm. No, it's it's weird to me because that Liam is gonna be. My low light. Well, well, well. That's right, Liam. Contrary to what you may think, I didn't actually like that bit very much. Okay. I thought it was a bit noisy on the visual front. All right, that's fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it was all right. It's it nice all... that we can respect each other's <laughs> opinions like this. Yeah. But you're also fucking wrong. <laughs> Fuck you. Get out of my fucking house, man. I will... don't want to talk to anyone who doesn't like that sequence. The it's the desk. Got so much going on and it's super cool and I really like it. No, you know what it is? It's bad. You're bad. Oh no! <laughs> Great. <laughs> What's your low light? Um, I think my low light um, 
is... It's a difficult one because not much really bad happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was all kind of like, this is a, this is alright. Yeah, okay, alright. Mm. But there were no, like, stellar moments. No. Um, mm. I think my low light is um, Polnareff being like... Um, there's a moment where he's like, even though last week he had talked about how he's figured out the boss is two people, he's like, but how can the boss only be one person and do all this? I don't know. How? How can Oh that... my god, I just figured it out. Oh. He's got two people. I get it now. Mm. Yeah, no, it's strange. Mm. It's a bit weird that Polnareff, a, a hardy stand veteran, probably... Although, to be fair, it's not really a stand thing. Although, it is still it's a some stand thing. bullshit. It's some stand bullshit-ish. I, yeah. do, I do want to give an honourable mention in terms of good content to the Fugo cameo. Because mm. I believe that was added for the anime. And I think it's just nice. Yeah. No, I think everything that's added for the anime was good. Mm. I mean, the cop happening was amazing. Just incredible. Oh, that was a manga thing, I'm pretty sure. Okay, cool. Cool. But that is a great moment. Oh my god, so silly. So, Nick. Yeah? Ah, uh, everyone wants the arrow. Silver Chariot Requiem is like, ah, ah, ah. Polnareff has the arrow in his mouth. Silver Chariot Requiem is like, ah, ah, ah. Diavolo is somewhere in someone with his stand. He wants to murder them all. How will he do it? Will he do it? Who will do it? What will happen next time on... Who? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Vento Oreo, in the episode entitled Diavolo Surfaces. Ooh. That's right, Diavolo gets the power of surface. The stand that is a wooden doll that can turn into other people. Oh, no. Um, well, okay. So what I think is going to happen is that we're somehow going to nullify the effects of Silver Chariot Requiem's body swapping in order for the boss to then go back into his body. So that they can defeat him. Exactly. Ooh. That seems a pretty safe bet in the long run. Yes. Now, whether that's going to happen next episode or not... Because the alternative is, of course, is that they... They kill him in whoever's body he's in. Yeah. And that person also dies. Yeah. Which could happen in an anime. I mean, I'm I just I'm not sure because now we've got this arrow happening with Polnareff being like, stab yourself. So either all these stands are just gonna go crazy, and then Diablo's gonna go, Well, I guess I'll join in and just, you know, You sneak. wanna get nuts? Let's get nuts. Yeah, like he'll just like, like um I think that's Bruce Wayne in the Jack Nicholson Batman movie. Bruce Wayne? Really? Isn't it the Joker? No, um, Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Uh, but, uh, so, to set the scene. <laughs> Here we go. Jack Nicholson as the Joker is, um, come to torment, uh, the woman in that movie. I think it's Vicky Vale. Yeah. Um, and Bruce Wayne is there on a date with her. <gasps> so he has to be in there and not be Batman, but try to be a tough guy. Right. So he's like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts! And he's like breaking bottles. Oh. And, Okay. Yeah, it's a pretty good scene. Radio, that's interesting. Hmm, terrifying. So whoever I was just talking about is going to do that. Yep. Uh, so Mr... Mister... It's really more of a Nurantia move. Yeah, so Mr's going to run in, try and get his stance stabbed, but Diavolo might just be all, well, can't let that happen now, can I? Mr. Stan seems like a weird one to give a power up to, because it's got the six little guys, you know? Yeah. Maybe but... they'll fuse into one big guy. What if they do, though? Oh... What if they go berserk and they just become like a rocket launcher? <laughs> you know? Like, what if they become a gun? Or a what Gundam. If... Oh, God, yes! Okay, so theirs is like combining. Mobile suit mister. I don't think 
Silver Chariot Requiem is going to be defeated per se. Because it's not really an enemy necessarily. He's yeah. an obstacle. But the problem is I don't know if there can only be one berserked stand at any given moment. Mm-hmm. You know? Like if he stabs himself, is he going to turn is into... Is he going to suck up all the arrow's power from yeah, Silver Chariot? Yeah, is he going to get Silver Chariot Requiem's powers and then Silver Chariot Requiem will be all like, oh, I'm just Silver Chariot again. Or is it going to become, well, now we need to fight him, but we can't fight him because we can't fight him. Hmm. Hmm. Which I'm not sure. I think it'll probably be the latter. Where or who do you think Diavolo is in? Where or who do I think Is he in one of our gang? Is he in a third party? I think he's in a third party. Okay. Um, because we've pretty conclusively shown that Polaris' body was just fucked. <laughs> so, unless he's in Silver Chariot Requiem, oh. which would be incredible. A pretty good move on his behalf. Um, I don't, don't even know if this is possible within the laws of how the body swap mm. works. But a pretty good move on his behalf, if he, if if in the event he was in a third party, yeah, would be, would have been to um, hide in the turtle and like then, in the turtle, like in the turtle turtle room, oh. and then pop out at strategic moments. That would have been good. So he would have just been there, going, "Wait for it, mm-hmm. wait for it, go, kill Narantia." I'm surprised they haven't checked the turtle. Mm. Yeah, it's unclear whether or not the turtle room still functions. Oh. Oh, true, because that was a stand, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I reckon there's going to be a big stand battle, but Diablo will reveal himself to be some random person, I think. Not I think. the police officer. Not the police Anyone officer. Anyone we've seen in the, any of those flashes. The dog. What if? The baby. What if in the maelstrom of what's happened, Doppio's body split Got his own in body. twain, mm-hmm. so now he has his own body? It's not outside the realm of Jojo's possibility. Yeah. Maybe. That might have actually happened. But I think it's more likely that the boss is going to go back into his own body. They're going to beat him. Surfacing. Yep. Yep. They're going to beat him there. And then uh, Jono will get superpowers. So we've got about four episodes left. Oh my god. We have four <laughs> episodes left. This is 35. I'm pretty sure there's 39. Jesus so, Christ. 38, 39. Oh, three episodes. Oh, hang on. I forgot about 36. 36. I forgot about the number 36. You can't forget about the number 36. favourite numbers. It's prime. Divisible by 3 and 6. And 18. Cool. And 12. And 12. There you go. And 36. And 36. That's a good number of factors to have. What about 9? Yeah, and 9. Shit. What a good time. Anyway, yeah, that's that's what I reckon is going to happen. They're all going to get swapped back into their own bodies. The boss will be all like, well, well, I'm here, suckers. I have the ultimate stand. And John will be all like, Think again, stabby stab. Now I've got the ultimate stand. Or Mr. Beal, like, I also have the ultimate stand, stabby stab. Everyone does chaos control and becomes supersonic. Exactly. Exactly. There's just going to be chaos. Absolute fucking mayhem. Yeah. Great. Yep. Um, so we may as well talk about it because we alluded to it a few times this episode, but we are rapidly approaching the, the end dark ages. of anime <laughs> the yeah. end of anime. The end of all anime as we know it. JoJo's world, end of anime. <laughs> um, so we're gonna do some stuff once we get to the end of it. It won't be the end of our episodic release. We'll probably take a little break. Um, mm-hmm. We'll probably slow things down a bit. Um, I think what we want to commit to is that our, you know, we we do want to do a five-hour special at some point, but yep. let's not rush that. That's um, that's going to be an intense day, and that. That'll be a five-hour recording session, including breaks. Just to not overpromise on that. Um, oh boy! Um, but uh, we are going to. I think we wanted to commit to being 
at its least frequent a fortnightly schedule. Yep. So, you know, if there's something that we're really vibing, we'll probably do weekly, but mm-hmm. fortnightly at minimum. We we wanted to look into a variety of other related kind of anime. I think I think the main criteria that we're going to... It doesn't necessarily need to be anime. It doesn't need to necessarily mm. be JoJo-ish. It just um, needs to be rad as fuck. I think, I think the main criteria is it just has to be something we both want to watch or we can convince the other guy to tolerate <laughs> for a few weeks. Hey, Liam. Do you want to watch uh, Ayn Rand's interpretation of uh, this random piece of media? Not really. Then we're not going to do it. Hey, Nick, do you want to watch all of Star Wars The Clone Wars? Why, Liam, I think you've picked the right person to ask. (laughs) So, yeah, we've got that coming up. uh, And I don't know what that means for our Patreon content. no. I mean, we'll probably keep doing Patreon yeah, that, content. I mean, we will. We'll keep going basically yeah. what that's been because we've been doing a few more experimental things with that and also just like more holistic overview mm. type stuff. Mm. Which is good. I've enjoyed it. And of course, round the corner in the near future, we've got two more Rohan OVAs coming up. <gasps> yes! Oh, I forgot we had Rohan OVAs. And then we might do some other JoJo-y stuff like look at the Diamond is Unbreakable movie. Mm. Uh, I'd be keen for that. Anything to do with JoJo's I'm keen for. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll discuss it more, I guess, as time Stay tuned. Forward. 136 episodes. We still don't have a name for our listeners. Why do we need one? Oh, it's just a thing a lot of podcasts do. Yeah. Can we call them eggs? No. Can we call them stand users? No. Can we call them listeners? Oh, that's unique. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like listeners. that. Yeah, it's because nice, they, yeah. Um, they, they listen. No, Liam, oh. no, because they hear us. Oh, we're talking a lot, but we're not saying anything. Exactly. They listen to us, but they hear us. That's the important mm. thing, you know? Anyone can just listen, but do you hear what we're saying? Check out our... Um, I mean, you inevitably have because you've listened to this, but our our cool remixed version of the theme song uh, available on last week's episode, this week's episode, and the future week's episodes, Jolie by Milk Juice. <laughs> I, I forgot I just called it Jolie, didn't I? Yeah. I'll put it up on Bandcamp as well, mm-hmm. just in case anyone wanted to hear it, you know, just chuck yeah, it Yeah, I recommend checking that one out in its entirety because uh, it's got a lot more cool stuff going on than I could include in the... Um, mm. in the Opening and out clips. To be fair, that is pretty much the entirety of the song. Yeah. Because... Because it's short. It's really by, fucking By necessity short. of the King Crimson theme you've gone for. <laughs> I just... Someone, I think on Twitter, was like, Oh my God, you guys didn't have to do this. And I just looked at it and went, It, it took me about ten minutes. <laughs> like, I literally just cut out portions and then added King Crimson. But my God, it works. And until next time... To, to be, be continued... continued.